Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. This week on the PR Moment Podcast, in anticipation of our Influence of Influence conference on the 15th of May, I'm interviewing Lax Lakani, who's freelance and social media consultant um, about the current state of influencer marketing. Rax, welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Hey, hi Ben. Um, Good to be here. I should add, thanks to our podcast sponsor, the PRCA, who, and I believe, Rax, you are a newly appointed joint chair of their diversity network. I am, yeah. So uh, myself and uh, my my co-chair is uh, Pema Seeley from Marketeers. Um, Very new, very new to the role. How long have you been doing that? How how new is new? A week and a bit. Oh, wow. A week and a bit. Completely green, um, but exciting. So I'll be nice and won't grill you on that too much now. (laughs) Please don't, no. Um, Well, we'll we'll have to get you back on the show after, after six months or so. So you can talk to us yeah. about that because it's uh, clearly an important um, area for PR right now. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Rax, you've been a freelancer for, what, four years or so now. Um, and the reason I mention that is it's kind of related to the conversation we're about to have yeah. um, about influencer marketing. But in essence, you turned your back, didn't you, on being in, in sort of constant employment, so to speak, at a PR agency. Um, I'm just wondering why, why that is. Yeah. Um, well, a, a number of reasons. I mean, I haven't really. I, I still work. Uh, uh, a lot of my work is with agencies right now, so I'm still actively involved. Yeah, but absolutely. But, absolutely, but not yeah. on a not no. the same one every day. No, and it was a conscious thing. I think yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it's f- f- just over four years now. Um, number of reasons ranging from kind of a lifestyle choice to actually, you know, commercially, it's actually quite quite interesting for me to go out as a as a consultant. Um, but I think the the main reason Ben is is. Um, Something that I, I bore everyone to death uh, about is, <laughs> and I'm going to do the same to you and your listeners. <laughs> um, I think it, it, it comes comes down to um, I genuinely um, uh, needed to, to fall back in love with PR. Okay. And I, I don't know if, if I'm, I'm I'm lucky. Uh, I, I talk to a lot of people in the industry. Um, I just feel there's, there's, a, there's a lack of passion for for for, uh, for a lot of people practicing PR right now, um, in in kind of really realizing what, how lucky we are, and I think disconnecting from the model of of agency life, and also you know I have worked in house, and and just disconnected from how the industry operates has really allowed me to just absolutely just just question what PR is, how to do it, um, and and you know just just elevate myself from that potential institutionalization that, that I think a lot of people, especially at a senior level in PR, that they experience. Um, I think what we do is is incredibly important. And um, going freelance has kind of really allowed me to kind of get a bit of a scope of, of who's out there, who's doing what, how, how is PR being done differently in different firms, different brands. Um, and also just to just to focus very clearly on strategy. I think there arrives, arrives a point in, in PR, in a, especially in agency career, where you become a manager and you become, you know, you're no longer rolling up your sleeves and really getting to grips with, with the problem that we're trying to solve for brands. And that's a bit that just excites me. And the, the uh, doing, the, the doing, also the thinking. I think that's what's lacking a, a lot. And I don't mean that disparagingly to, to agencies. I think, you know, the, the agency model is set up 
very much for doing uh, and, and, and less so for thinking. And it's the thinking bit is that, that right? really... I, I think well, I challenge that. Well, I, I mean, they... I'll give you an example. Bit. So I, I, for the last four years, you know, I've worked with coming up to probably hundreds of agents, well, hundreds, uh, coming up to probably about 100, 100 or so agencies, either training or going in and helping them out, set up their internal structure, or going and helping them with their client strategies. With, and, a, with a social media well, type remit? Uh, I mean, I... I it, it, yeah, that's what gets me in the door, but okay. I don't like that as my job title, even though that is how I sell myself. Okay. It's a it's a very difficult thing, but yeah, I mean, primarily how to integrate digital PR uh, in, into agency life, and I, you know, I'm witness to um, you know uh, agencies taking briefs from clients. The amount of thinking that goes into a brief is remarkably small. And we've become very used to commoditizing what we do as, as and I, again, this is, I'm speaking broadly, there are agencies that do this incredibly well. But generally speaking, I think a lot of agencies, um, they, they, they sell specific services. And actually, if they took a step back, and I think working freelance has allowed me to do that as a consultant and take a step, step back and say, well, what are we trying to do here? You know, is it, is it about um, you know, media relations? Is it about, you know... Um, getting some influences. I know we can talk about that word, you know, uh, in a lot more detail. But I think the go-to position is let's do a brainstorm. Just that that process itself is just shockingly okay. bad. So I think, you know, just the thinking bit is, is great. But also, you know, it helps me identify the needs of brands. And I think working outside of that, I'm, I get a lot more gravitas when I go into agencies and when I go into brands and they listen. Um, and also I get to work on what I want to work on. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's been great. It's been scary. But it's worked. <laughs> but it's been brilliant. Um, I could talk more about your freelance mm. element, but let's, let's, let's park that for now because I just want to come on to this, um, this interesting sphere around influencer marketing and mm. earned and paid and all that because you, you've got some, some interesting things to say on that. Um, and one of the things that surprised me, did genuinely surprise me, I didn't know it was coming in our pre-show chat, mm. was how passionate you were you, you were about the, 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 how worried you were actually about mm. how the PR sector is not embracing influencer marketing enough um, and how you think PR firms are, are getting um, influencer marketing wrong. Yeah. Uh, and we'll come on to the, the earned and paid bit in a minute. Okay. Um, so just hold that back for now. But just, just uh, other than that, the interaction between earned and paid, how, how are they, uh, or PR firms, in essence, getting it wrong and I suppose in, in danger of missing the boat on, on influencer marketing? It, it's something that is so central to PR, influencer marketing. Um, but actually, you know, the, the issue I take is with the word marketing. It's whether we say we're into influencer relations or influ- influencer marketing. And it's a really subtle difference, yeah, okay. but I think it's yeah, the yeah, essence yeah. of what we do. If we call but, it into influencer relations, it would, it would sort of it would be, be PR's more PR's home turf instantly. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. <laughs> and I think that we've we've not had the confidence as an industry to kind of really define from day one what it is that we do. And instead, when I joined PR... Do, do you mean from an influencer perspective or do you mean from, well, from 100 years back? Yeah, well, I think that... Um, Kevin, we've only got 40 minutes. <laughs> the history of PR. <laughs> no, I think when I joined, um, you know, probably about 18 years ago, PR, um, uh, well, my kidding, or 20 years ago, um, it, we, as an industry, were very fixated on media relations. And I think that has been the... didn't really change. So when we talk about influencer relations, we were doing that. It's what we do. It's the heart of what we do. Influence is something that we should own as an industry. Instead, we've been quite complacent. So what happens right now, we're in, in the current kind of um, 
digital climate, you've got ad companies, bigger creative companies, forcing this terminology, this forced kind of paradigm of of influencer marketing onto us, and we've just accepted it. So rather than saying, actually, this is how we should do it, we have been um, given this term, said, oh, it's it's trendy, clients are buying it, and we've not really questioned it or said, actually, this is our part of influencer marketing. This is the part that we, we play. Instead of that, we've just said, well, we can do this. In the same way we, we, we approach social, in the same way we've approached content, rather than staking our claim and saying this is the part of it that we own, we do this that no other part of the industry can do, and it's about that relationship uh, maintenance, that, that cultivating kind of contact. Um, the same way that we did with, with media, we, we still do with journalists, the same way that probably 10 years ago when bloggers were a big thing, we said, oh, here's another narrow thing of influencers we're going to call it blogger relations and then youtube influencers and now it's instagram relations um, and and it's just very narrow but did, did i i kind of get your theory did i just wonder whether the market public relations had any choice that did, didn't a market develop yeah um and Public relations, you know, it's almost a. It, we're oversimplifying it because we're saying public relations is a sector, and it, it's kind of it, yeah, it's different. It, it, it doesn't really work like that in reality, different. Uh, and different people do it in different ways, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But let's 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 deal with it in broad mm. strokes first of all. Um, didn't the market develop, and then PR had a had a had a choice as to whether to embrace it from a? I mean, we're going straight into the paid and earned element, mm. which I think we, mm. we have to mm. um, say. Right, we, well, we're either going to just deal with earned, or we're going to. Um, do you, you you can come to us for for paid and earned if you see mm, what I mean? Mm, Wasn't did, if they didn't do both, mm. they missed the boat, didn't they? Or we missed the boat as a sector. I I I I disagree fundamentally with that yeah. purely, purely because I think that <laughs> I think that we we weren't proactive enough to define what influencers meant, what the term influence means, and in our camp it means something very different to how. The, the whole influencer marketing world has has kind of presented itself. So just taking that term influencer, it's a nothing term. What does it mean? And it's, it's, it's again, I think as an industry, we're littering ourselves with this kind of real false terminology and that we can't really explain it. And then as I was, I watched the fire uh, festival documentary the other day and you know that's defining influencer marketing people's perceptions of what influencers are it, it's evolving so quickly yeah yeah very quickly and i think that that is that's what's worrying me and that's why i'm concerned about the 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 industry we've been very quick to jump on stuff that makes us a quick buck but it's not sustainable okay. and it's not sustainable under pr so what happens is we start throwing money at it we start really changing the way that we well, that we deal with influencer marketing, it becomes transactional, it becomes commoditized, it becomes really far removed from the earned space that we are so... We're the only ones can, who can do earned. Everyone if, else so, does paid. So using your logic, mm. if a post... If an influencer post is paid for, mm. is it ever influential? Well, if you, I mean, there's, there's various stats on that, and it's about what you're trying to get out of it. So I think we are applying a model that, that has been created for media buying and for the ad world in terms of reach and impressions. We're confusing popularity and engagement and influence. So on those terms, yeah, it's a very old way of thinking, though. So, you know, you can... Kylie Jenner now charges $1 million per Instagram post. What's that going to get you? Very little, because the bigger the influencer... 
um, and, and every time I say that word, I'm using quote marks. Um, a little bit of you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Influencer. Um, the, the bigger they are, the bigger, the, the, the lower the engagement. So the smaller you get. And so we've got this ridiculous sort of but, state but, right now where but, you've but got... But come back to my, yeah. my question. If you if it's a paid-for mm, post, because mm. I, I mean, get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, if, yeah, it's a, yeah. You know, if, if someone's got two million followers and, you know, actually how, 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 how influential, influential well, I can't even say the word, mm. um, are they, if they're trying to sell a... a, a uh, I don't know whatever it might be, um, but if you're paid for, does it can it be influential? Because I that, think it can. That, I think okay. it can. Because that's think... a central, broad point that it, it, it's important to, I, I guess, recognise. It, it or is. Not. But well, I think our industry has taken the approach that that is the only way of extracting influence from these people, or from 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 this from this part of of the internet. If you want to say it's purely digital, or from this um, section of of a self-defined audience that's saying the influences and there are other ways of probably getting more influence and I think we are not taking an audience centric view so in the past we said okay here's our end user whether you're in b2b whether you're in fashion food whatever and who is the person that influences that that end user and it was very obvious for us it was media there who were the middle the middle person in in that in that formula now fast forward now uh, then we said, oh, here, here are bloggers. Where do they fit in? And we never, ever saw – we saw them as distinct audiences. Now, depending so – I've you know, i been working with um, uh, an optician brand of late. And, and their audiences are so multifaceted. The old model of demographics don't work. They will have multiple points of influence of which, yes, there might be a, a bigger YouTuber or Instagrammer that might influence them, but not for all. And to spend that amount of budget purely as a transactional thing, you are taking – that that's cost, you know. We're, we're our model is based on, on on fee. You know, our our craft is based on taking the time to build those relationships, that engagement, which which isn't the same. You can't equate that to the advertising industry, which is purely paid for. So, I mean, that that term influence is something that that, you know, that, that I find offensive because from a number of levels. So, firstly. These influencers are calling themselves influencers, and I'd say, I think I mentioned on, on on the call before. I said. If you're an actor or a singer or a chef, you've got something there. You've got some experience, some expertise. You wouldn't call yourself a celebrity. That is bestowed upon you. We'd say, okay, um, uh, Madonna is a celebrity. Mm. She wouldn't call herself a celebrity. She is a, an artist, a singer. In the same way, if you transfer that to the influencer debate, um, we can say that somebody is influential. If someone at the moment, if, if they start defining themselves as influencers, which they are, this industry is, what do you do? I'm an influencer. I'm a fashion influencer. I'm a lifestyle influencer. That doesn't sit right with me. That's mm. something that is a bit disingenuous. So you've got sort of got celebrity endorsement versus be, actually yeah. being an influencer. Yeah. And those are two different things. And totally. right now they're just all mashed together well, and, and no one knows what's what. And, but and, then, and we, we define them Wrongly, yeah, but the the, the the nuance is in the wrong place. So now we're saying, okay, well, there's a macro, the celebrity, there's a macro influencer who's got upward of five hundred thousand followers. Right. Whether that's a, a measurement we want to just use that uniquely, I don't know. Then you've got now the micro influencer, which came a few years ago because we realised, okay, for us they're not they're not converting. So now it's about anyone who's got under a hundred or between a hundred and five hundred thousand. Now it's about nano nano influencers. Which is about normal people who've got under ten thousand um, followers. Okay. Where, so all these nuances in there—that's not where we should be having the debate. So instead, people say, "Well, it's about platform. So it's about whether they're a YouTuber or an Instagrammer. Are we going to have a separate thing?" Uh, ben, I, I worked for a, a, an agency last year, 
They had a massive fashion brand. They paid these influencers a lot of money in cash. They flew them out to Coachella to take pictures of this mark of, 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 um, of, of this fashion brand. Nothing in there converted into anything that met objectives. It was something that, yeah, we'll do it, and it's a quick thing. And I'm thinking, wow, are these people really influential? You know, I buy this brand. I don't. They're not on my radar. They might be on the radar of some people, but it was a very, pardon me for saying, it was a very lazy way of approaching it. But they said, well, here, here are Instagrammers. What what the industry isn't isn't quick to point out is these channels aren't in isolation now. So there's no such thing right now as no, exactly. a YouTuber because they will have an Instagram account. They'll be active on Twitter. They will be on mainstream media right now. So BBC that, TV is now offering the, off, ops for these influencers to be on there. They have book deals. But that's true both for the influencer and for the audience, isn't it? So it's all interrelated totally, totally. and intertwined. But you, I just, just, just rewind a minute because I, you said something interesting before you went off to that mm. example of, of the brand about nano-influencers, micro-influencers, macro-influencers. So, so that is a, a sort of journey that we've all been on. But I guess at the, were you were you about to say that actually it's it's around real people mm. on the nano level, uh, and that's the earned space. Is is that where you were leading on it, that? It, it kind of so you've got I think um, example that I've got is you've got quite broad terms of influencer. So you've got somebody. So they're quite active growth areas of influence are of fashion and beauty. You've got food. You've got parenting. Still, still massive growth. They're quite wide categories, right? So um, I I would say that the influencers themselves who are marketing themselves are these lifestyle bloggers. They themselves are the brand. And they put a lot of energy and a lot of hard work into creating their own brand. So when we approach them on behalf of a brand, they want paying because mm. that we are we are um, we are benefiting from their own brand that they've created. However, if you get the more niche that you get, so whether you are a fashion blogger who only specialises in handbags or only specialises in lipstick, and these people are out there, they actually are the people that, as PRs, we need to feed them news, a constant flow of what's new in this space. I did a lot of work with the cigar brand a few years ago, and you've got cigar reviewers on YouTube or Instagram who actually review cigars, all they do, and they need to know what's, what's the latest kind of, um, news, what's the latest kind of um, filler in, in tobacco What's and they're the ones that we can build a relationship with, they're not necessarily going to be charging per, per, per review and they shouldn't be because they have built trust based on their expertise and it goes back to this point are you an influencer just to be a celebrity or are you an influencer because you've got expertise and I think PR really um, feeds really well it into that narrative yeah well we, we, are the, we are the ones that can feed them with 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 stuff as and long it, as it's and what it's we do. an exchange of product or insight some mutual or benefit absolutely right. okay. so so that currently the, the bigger model that we're doing is is a transactional one and I'm right. more about a mutual so should PR firms ever pay influencers is there is there ever a case when that should happen so uh, in I, your opinion broadly I would say um, overwhelmingly no okay uh, and the reason is is we have to really um, fence off the part of influence relations that we want to work in. The moment we start, and I say no, but there are exceptions. Um, currently, for example, if so, you know, we, we're here at Marketeers right now, and uh, I, I used to work with Marketeers years ago doing radio days. So I'd be working in a PR team, 
we'll bring in an expert, an academic or a minor celebrity. They do lots, we, of, they do lots of other things just in no, the media. Absolutely. absolutely. This is years ago. This is years ago. So they, they've evolved because they're smart people. <laughs> um, but, um, but, you know, we, we'd get a celebrity, we'd pay somebody, a celebrity, to come in and represent the brand. And absolutely, we wouldn't hide the fact that they'll be there. But they'll be there on a campaign that will then get us onto other forms of media, right? It's very different from us paying an influencer to create content for their channel. That that is paid placement. In no other, in no world, would we as PRs be seen to be paying independent journalists? Okay. And I think we have to apply that same. So, so you rigor. think we should backtrack as a sector out of paid influencer posts? I think. it's a. There's a lot it of makes issues. It cleaner. It makes it cleaner. But I, I can I can hear. PR people listen to this podcast getting angry with us saying that. Good. Because, because, <laughs> because the other side of it says that we're now in an integrated play mm. and as, as, as a modern public relations practitioner, we should, we should view public as in public relations mm. with, with the public, so mm. relations, mm. relationships with the public. Um, and part of, of our toolkit should be paid. Mm. But fundamentally, you disagree with that. Absolutely. And okay. I, I also apply that to the way we approach social, the way we approach a lot of other things, purely because if you want to be an integrated agency, that's fine. Um, but for the vast majority of PR agencies out there, I'm talking about agency world here, um, only the big, the big boys, the, the big players can actually afford to bring in that resource and upskill. Secondly, I think if we're going to... If Define we're going big to do, players. I mean, well, if, you're, if you're a PR firm of... If you're going to start doing upwards paid... Upwards of a million, you can, you, can, you can bring in some paid expertise, surely. You, you can, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. And I think as an industry... And this is why, going back to your earlier question, why I get so worried about the industry, bit by bit, we're eroding and we're diluting what we do. I think that we should take a pride in the skill set that is behind PR, OK? We are in the earned space. We can actually... Create the message and communicate it, and and, and build advocacy. But, but and, can't you take pride in what we do and embrace the new? I think that there, there are a lot of other agencies who do it a lot better. Okay. And the danger is, if we enter that space, we can't be competitive. The other thing is, Ben, is is the margins are rubbish, right? Okay. If you if you want to be a PR player in that paid space, you're going to have to fundamentally change your model as an agency because all that budget is going into cost. It's going to media buying. And surely we are skilled enough, we have we have the capabilities to say actually what we do is a lot more nuanced, takes a bit more time, but the results are very different. There are loads of paid agencies out there who will do it and they'll do a really great job. That doesn't mean that there is not enough of the, there's not enough slices of that pie for us to say actually there is merit in us building a longer term relationship with this set of influencers that we've identified that will actually work in, as we do right now. We work with ad, ad agencies. We, we're very you know I think you know the, the the land grab can be there, but actually when when done right, we can have a multi agency model that everyone knows their place, everyone knows what they do. There's no crossover or very little crossover. So. The, the danger of us entering that territory, that paid territory, as a, as a de facto we are going to pay for these people, is that it, it's something that, that we may not have the expertise to do. Someone can probably do it better than us. They've got the buying power to do it better. You've got these brokers now who who will do that a, a lot better than PR agencies. Secondly, the more we do that, it takes um, the value away from what we have uh, 
in terms of what we what we deliver for our clients, that earned space, the fact that we can actually talk to influencers, be it a journalist, be it a blogger, be it a vlogger, and we can communicate our messages, get them on side and get free publicity. And that's what we do. And the moment we start really saying, well, we're going to push everything into paid influence and sell that as a product, it really then muddies well, what, is a, what is a PR agency. And I think it's bad for the industry, it's bad for our clients because suddenly they don't get it. And if they don't get it, that's surely the nail, another nail in the coffin for our industry. And agencies are making a lot of money in this short term, but we're already seeing it. There's been a lot of backlash on, well, influencer marketing isn't working or we're not getting the, the cut through or it's just pay to play. And and that's not a space that we've ever had to defend. And now we're having to defend it along with the other players in, in the marketing space. Right. Okay. So, so on your using your logic and your thinking about how that develops mm-hmm. um, for for public relations as as a whole, is there not a danger that will mean that the, that the influencers will take money mm-hmm. for the sponsored mm-hmm. posts from let's say the ad guys that's yeah. working your in your in, in, mm-hmm. in Rax's world, mm-hmm. um, and then PR will be left with. I don't know somewhere between not very much and nothing with the with with, with the earned space because if I'm an influencer mm. and I'm not getting paid with, yeah. for something, I'm just going to write what I want. And it, it may be that the PR person's got something interesting to say. It may well not be that I I can just mm. I can write about stuff that is interesting to my readers that has yeah. got nothing to do with what the PR agent or their clients want to talk about Um, and I'll take those sponsored posts and that's where I make my money I might make a little bit from advertising who knows if I'm I'm really popular Um, but the PR people will be left with not enough to frankly justify their existence I think I think that if if that is happening it's, it's going to reverse purely because the regulations now on these influencers are are finally getting into place whereby there has to be absolute transparency. And these influencers, their priority is to their audience. If they lose their audience, they lose, they lose the money. So they have to appear as credible. If people, Audiences are already getting tired of all these sponsored, sponsored posts. Mm. And you know, the fact that, that you know, a younger demographic now uh, on, on the internet are installing ad blockers on their phones, on, on, on their browsers, we, you know, they are a lot more savvy than, than, than people give them credit for. And I think these influencers owe it to them to maintain their credibility give their audience something that actually is independent and if every post has got hashtag spawn or hashtag yeah, paid just... that's it and I think let let them well, take the money because I think that money isn't isn't revenue that money is cost so if we if our client gives us a budget and all that is going to paid that's not going to advance us as an industry no, it turn over so, go up yeah. but it won't make any difference and to also, you I'd argue that that we are focused on the wrong type of influencer there are so many influencers out there that actually are influential we just need to have the data have to have a bit more uh, insight into what we're trying to do who our audience is so it's very tempting to go for the big glossy influencers but are we not a bit beyond that now i mean i mean you would have had this chart 3 years ago and i said yeah okay fair fair dues but these days, I get the feeling anyway that the, the the tools that people are using out there for influencer mapping and the, the time they're taking to to work this stuff out has moved on a bit. Frankly, the, I tell you the, the the most depressing thing that I see, and again I go in and and, tra- and train agency teams, and this is again this is one of the reasons that I I'm so glad I've got I've gone it alone is the time that people take to get to know these influencers is zero. If you went to any agency now, I guarantee you go to any AE or you go to any AM, say give me ten 
bloggers or, or YouTubers that will talk about that specific part of your client's brief, they will not be able to. I, I, I'm a member of loads of these Facebook private Facebook groups made up of our industry, right? And every day I see the word, has anybody got any travel lists mm. of influencers? Or the worst one, mummy bloggers. Yeah. I work with mummy bloggers. There is no homogenous group of mummy bloggers. What's your brand? What age group are they talking to? Are they influential? Where do they live? And this is this kind of blanket, oh, we want a fashion blogger, a mummy blogger. Get to know your influence audience. And the only way to do that is, is to be active, to build those relationships yourself. And the agency model doesn't necessarily allow the time or the, doesn't encourage this. It's very much, here's a brief who do we go to to get a, a, a whiskey blogger? Or so guess, a, guess or a what? Sports you, you, you need to think of bloggers, influencers in the same way you had done with journalists. Totally, and then and then the whole thing sort of works out a bit better. I think I think you've nailed it. I think when I first started in PR, I worked for an agency called August One PR. I don't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their whole thing, which is so relevant now, is this web of influence. So they'll take a brief and they'll say, "What are all the touch points? Is it a stakeholder? Is it an analyst?" Is it an industry person? Is, is it a, a real um, evangelical customer? And they will map that out and say, here are all your points of influence. Let's approach them. And media played a massive part in that 20 years ago. That approach has seemed to have fallen down. So we became very, here's a media list. And now we're going to add another service called Blogger Relations, which sits parallel to that. Now we're going to do, oh, there's five inst- Instagrammers that do food. We're going to just target them. Rather than taking a big bigger view and saying well who are all the if we had to pick 10 touch points what would those people be who would they be and we've been become so fixated on where they are who these influencers are rather than how can we work with them Uh, and that's something that we we can we can turn around really quickly okay now just we we touched on it there but the i just want to explore the tools are uh, that are available Mm. for because it's a it's a crowded space and that's putting it mildly um, which ones do you use in terms of, for, for, on the mapping side, first of all? Uh, none of them. <laughs> <laughs> none of them. And and the reason is I get contacted so much. Um, right, but we've, we've set up an, in, an Instagram data, uh, data influence database. Or, and what they, what they tend to kind of put forward, I think they're really good for a certain type of agency. I don't think they're great for, for what we need. Um, they're very much about reach. They, they don't really necessarily have the data to show engagement. There is no shortcut to finding your own influences. Um, I worked for a long time in in the alcohol sector, and I listened to podcasts on whiskey, on you know fans yeah, of right. beer, and you know that you know uh, or, or you know you watch YouTube videos. There is an element, and it depends on the brief. There is it's, there is no big. It's it's exactly the same as. Let's get let's get a media list. That doesn't work anymore. It has to be very bespoke. It has to be very tailored to your. Have they mentioned a competitor? Do they want to work with them? You know, what's their style? Are they? You know, have they have they reviewed you before? Are they and open? So, and to it's stuff? only by having that insight that you can then start to add value. But and, that's why clients are paying us, surely. Yeah, and yeah. and right now, it just it kind of it, it, I feel really really sad that agencies are getting this much money, but the people that that they need to be educating internally on how this works. They're not. They're being told this is... Uh, 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 we're commoditizing is it really that bleak? It, honestly, like, honestly, I try to be... And again, I've worked with agencies in the last year who, who, you know, who are good, who are great. But the issue is that our clients are being told stuff from outside the peer industry that 
I think the PR industry has just not challenged. So it's like, oh, we have to pay. And that's it. And then to go in and educate the clients is quite a, a tough one. As an industry, we failed ourselves. So individual agencies don't necessarily have the time or the effort or the confidence to do that. The other thing is... Well, there's so many different nuances on it, isn't there? Yeah. Well, so also... You, you, we, it doesn't matter what the PR guy might say. If you then meet the ad guy the next week, it tells you something totally, totally different. So. Well, also, I think, um, you know, when we talk about influencers, and this is quite a, a big point, is that we, we tend to think of, of sectors like fashion, like food and whatever. The stuff that really interests me, I've just finished a big strategy project for uh, an education client, and they specialise in, in special educational needs. Now, you mentioned the word influence to them. It doesn't mean anything. But actually, there are, there are some really key people that they need to be on the radar of who actually we should be calling influencers. They are influencers. Now, whether they self-identify as them, no. So maybe our terminology is wrong. Mm. In, what about law? I worked in politics for quite a while. I, was, I worked at the Ministry of Justice and, and I went in there. They didn't really aware, weren't really aware of all the political bloggers that were driving traffic Goodness to their me. website and they were just interested in, in, in traditional political media. Right. And even then, four or five titles. Um, well, but, but then on the flips, I mean, you, you, you said it there, but for a lot of verticals, you know, financial services being yes, one, for example, yes. the, the big influence are still journalists. They um, are. And there's, that's... Well, they, they, I think there is this paradigm, there is this, this thing that says that that is, I think we just need to burst that bubble and prod it and say, is it? And it might be. So it depends. I work in a lot of um, um, kind of B2B tech clients from the US who are very, very much, you know, tech journalists. They come over here. But you just do a search on Twitter or you do a search. And there are people doing reviews of their software, people out there who are actually, you know, um, just testing their, their products to death. They're not on anyone's radar currently for PR because we're going through this, oh, it has to be a journalist. And about 10 years ago, we had journalists and bloggers, and there were two distinct mm. sets. Currently, you have you know, mainstream journalists who have their own YouTube channel, who are active on Twitter, and also have their own blog. Now, where do we put them? And we've narrowed ourselves, we've painted ourselves into a corner where we don't have a model for that. And that's why we need to kind of maybe deconstruct that. I don't think it's, it's something that is too hard for us to do, but we need to really make, just say, this is, this is how we do it. And change the terminology if we need to, um, and it's it's um, that's why I but, think. But it's it takes quite, time. Doesn't it it, it does take time, and um, also who's going to do it? Time. It's not like you have to dedicate your life to it, is it? Yeah. You just have to engage yeah. um, and listen and and watch. Well, make and, the and case. I think the great thing with influencer marketing is you can test it out. Yeah. So you know you, yeah. you you work with with a set of influencers, or you know you, you build a relationship with them. You can see immediately in this day and age, this tech. Are they? Depends what your objective is. Are they referring traffic? Uh, is sentiment up? What's the reach? What's the engagement? Rather than are oh, we reached a yeah. million eyeballs? It helps if you're interested in it, by the way, doesn't it? You know, if, if, you're, if you're working in a, in like, like with I don't know whether you're a big whiskey drinker or not, but yeah. but you know what I mean. There's a um, totally it helps if you if you're interested but, in what. But you're, herein, I think therein, Ben lies lies my beef with the industry. Um. And you've got some beef. I can. I've got. It. I've got a lot of rage. It's, it's not. I, I love it. As I said before, I, I, I love it. If you, if you, if you, as a somebody who's coming up in the industry, or even you as the owner of an agency, have to tell you, force yourself to go away and, and read blogs that are relevant to your clients. Yeah. What the hell is a client paying you for? That's the point of them outsourcing this to you. Yeah. If you just don't care, well, and if you are going to go mean, on I, these I, Facebook groups and say, has anyone got a list? Well, yeah. that's a bit, I just feel like calling them out and going, well, this is your job. And yeah. if your clients saw this, shame on you. 
I mean, I should say, I, I think there is some really good practice. In oh, the they're sector. amazing. There's yeah. some really good ones. Uh, I wouldn't want to label it as no, a, no, as, and you're as absolutely quite right. as bleak as you put up across. And I don't but, want to do myself but, out of clients yeah, either. But I've no doubt there are, yeah, you're right, there are some proper cringeworthy things yeah. you see on those on those groups. Yeah. Now, just because time's been cracking on, I just, KPIs, you mm. mentioned it a few times, mm. and it's clearly always different depending on the objective and the situation, the client, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But what... What tends to be the ones that that you look for when you're doing these types of campaigns? Because clearly, reach mm. tells a story, but not the whole story. So again, I think this is this is uh, the thing. I think as PRs, we need to interrogate briefs a lot more. We're problem solvers, so sometimes we, we you know, the client says, we, "We want to get in front of this many people. Why? You know, what do you want them to do?" And right now, with a lot of these channels and, and digital platforms, we can measure everything. So it depends on your objectives completely. Um, if it's you know just driving signups, you know put a mechanic in a call to action for them to do that. If it's about getting new likes in your social channels, that's fine. We can do that. Everything that we want to do has a measurement in whether it's even driving footfall to a venue, or just driving um, ticket sales to an event, or or just getting people talking about a specific social kind of um, idea. Everything can be measured. So when we work with influencers and say, look, we're going to pay you to post this to, to, to your Instagram post, that's, we need to put into there some sort of mechanic to do that. It's everything and anything out there. So you have paid there. influencer? No, if you're going to. <laughs> I, think, I think if, you, if you're going to. Go, no, I'm saying this is, this is, currently this is what's happening and yeah, they're, not, okay. they're not doing it. So okay. it's just purely transactional. Right. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, um, Everything and anything from clicks to likes to engagement to views to inquiries to, you know. All that selling stuff. Selling stuff. And I think um, absolutely. We, we can absolutely measure now the value of PR, PR across the board, um, to a sale if that's what you want. We just need to know how that works, whether it's a sale online, whether it's a redemption in-house. All the data is there. And I've worked with supermarkets, you know, the last two years who don't have that data. You think the supermarket has data in every single... You can, you can track the sale of every product. You can attribute it to an online click. They don't... There's so much data out there. So uh, it's, it's really... That's where PR, I think, really needs to, to really kind of get on board with, with, with how do you measure the value of this? Is it getting yourself up in Google, which is something you can measure? Yeah, well, it's, bit, it's a bit of that. It's back to your, your, the, the interrelationship between the various different channels. Right, yeah. Um, and, and, and at that point, to measure to that type of detail, you have to then plug into the, the marketing team yeah. and, and, and integrate yeah. the PR KPIs yeah. to, the, to the customer data, et cetera, et cetera. And then, of course, I mean, someone once said to me once, you can measure anything as long as you're prepared to pay for it. Right, um, yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's a pretty critical point. Absolutely. I mean, the fact that PR has always been on the fluffier side of that and we've, you know, we've been talking about AVE, you know. Don't and we've been moving. We're, you know, do it. That, that whole thing. But I think we're but getting smarter in it. Well, there's we're a bit of paranoia there, by the way, as totally. well. I mean, yeah. we all, we, there's always a great temptation with any set to think everyone else is doing it better. Uh, uh, you're right. Trust you're right. Me, no, you're right. You're right. Um, you're right. Now, finally, I just wanted to talk to you about how this all, this influencer world, plugs in with content, mm-hmm. um, because I, you know, there's 
there's a huge amount of content being produced yeah. by all sorts of different people with different that call themselves different types of agencies yeah, in house, etc., etc. But the, the the word content annoys you. Um, I call it the c I, I word. Don't, I, don't I call wanna, it a swear word. I, I think we... <laughs> I, I don't want to sort of paint you as too too grumpy, right? But I am a what, nice guy. I'm very why, positive. Why, why does why does the word content so, annoy you? So inherently, I've not really got an issue with content. What I've got an issue with is is the the weight and the, the priority that we we have now bestowed upon content. This phrase that I hate content is king we're still saying this and our clients are now learning it and it's not it is not king as prs more than anyone else in this in this in this space conversation is king right we want to get people talking we want to manage that reputation we want to spread that buzz spread that reputation content is merely a vehicle to get us there and it's so obvious but again i can tell you horror stories about agencies spending you know massive chunks of their budget on YouTube videos that are on brand that actually at the end of the campaign they've had 20 views after two months mm. and and they're detrimental to the brand because they're so cheesy totally. or so poor and yeah. also you know the agencies might be making short term money out of it but then they're going to say oh content marketing really isn't working and again it's just like the word influencer what does content mean it's it's stuff it doesn't have to be a big highly produced video it's 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 anything it could be a tweet it, it could be a be press relevant, release relevant it could be a photo engaging. we've always done content again but we've we've also we've again we have allowed terminology just to creep in as as a as a way to sell stuff and actually we need to be a bit more strategic about it so agencies are now bringing in content teams once again other other companies out there do it a lot better a lot smarter they've got the skill set um and then you have a big agency who've maybe brought in two content producers who can't can't cope you know it's it's not a model that will work um so I, i'd say work with a content agency to do it but there's other content we can absolutely do right but just to define what is content and which which part of that piece do we want to, to own okay yeah rax thank you very much indeed ben thank you so much now, if you're listening out there uh, and this this chat has, has tempted you to, to hear more about the current challenges of influencer marketing, the programme for our Influence of Influence event is on the PR Moment homepage. Um, and we've got speakers from LinkedIn, McDonald's, Very, Vodafone and many more speaking. Uh, and as I say, that event is on the 15th of May in central London. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.